new week here on the Lombardi Line as we welcome you in. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi in Jersey. I think it's just official, though. I'm not calling you Michael Lombardi anymore. It's Mr. Baseball. That's it. It just comes hey, down you to know, Mr. Patrick, Baseball. Just try, trying to do the best I can as I navigate through these baseball waters, you know, just trying to get up there early, look at that handicap, look at the pitching matchups, you know. You know, just try to do my thing, Patrick. That's all. Just trying to help people make a little bit of money. That's all. And what so we're trying to do here. You did just that with the White Sox and the Redbirds yesterday. The Cardinals both cash oh. for Michael Lombardi. So I look. I we were talking about it before the show. I think you're hitting close to like 90 percent <laughs> in baseball. That can't hold up. But it's no, been it's remarkable. not going to hold up. But we'll enjoy it. Yeah, we'll enjoy it. I mean, trying the best we can. That's all we can do, Patrick. Just play those matchups. Basketball, not so good. I think we have to wait until we get into the NBA's to really handicap that sport because it's all over the place. I mean, Will Hill sent me a text last night. I mean, you know, the the rock, the the the. Uh, the Thunder were like 50 down at the end of three. <laughs> I mean, like, when does Adam Silver say enough is enough, guys? Like, can't we just do something? You know, and so. How about look, me? You know, how about me saying that the whole entire season, one thing you know you're going to get from the Thunder is effort when we started. Well, talking that, was about, <laughs> that was early until they shut them down. I mean, they had a better road record than they do a home record. But I think I think the other thing we're seeing, too, is is. You know, we saw that yesterday. Uh, Boston just doesn't have enough juice to really compete. Miami, I think they're a danger. If if you're the Milwaukee Bucks and you face Miami in the first round, the way it's set up currently today, you got to be scared to death. Coach Bud has got to be scared to death to see the Heat come in with Dragic and Jimmy Butler and and their whole coaching st- and all that and saying. Yeah, we can beat them in seven. Don't worry. It's going to take all of seven. And then you face the Nets once you get past that parade. So let's figure this out. Let's go to the East right now as we stand. Seven to ten, which is the the play-in range. And remember, the play-ins begin the 18th. Okay? So seven through ten is pretty much set. You've got Boston, who lost to Miami in Boston last night, 130 to 124, as Michael just mentioned. Boston's two games behind six, Miami. So, again, four games to play to make up two games would be uh, pretty big here. Four to six is yeah. more complex, right, Michael? Because four, five, and six, New York, Atlanta, and Miami, Atlanta and Miami are tied, and New York's a game up. But that's very important because if you're four or five, you play each other. If you're the sixth seed, obviously it's a tougher matchup. Yeah, I, well, obviously I think Miami's going to want to try to move themselves up into that 4-5 range if they can. They're only one game behind it right now. They play Philly on Thursday night in Miami. Philly obviously has a three-game lead with five to go. So, But, you know, what I don't think people understand is the 7-8 game, the loser of that game isn't out. The loser of that game then goes into the 9-10 round. And then that round, they have to win one of those games in there to get the eighth seed. If the team who's in the 9-10 round wins twice, they become the eighth seed. Yep. Does that make sense? Very simple. 7-8 seed. So the 7-8 game, the winner is number seven in the postseason. Okay? And then the loser of the 7-8 game takes on the winner of the 9-10 game. And whoever wins that game is the eighth seed in the postseason. That's the play-in. All right. And if you're Milwaukee, you're hoping that you're rooting for Miami to win as many games as they can to get them the hell out of that sixth spot. Because you would rather have oh, them I be agree. in the fourth spot. And then, you know, look, I don't think you're going to, you know, and they're, look, they're close to catching Brooklyn. They're one, they're half a game behind Brooklyn as it is right now. So, you know, 
And then when you go over to the West, I mean, it gets a little more interesting in the West. I mean, here's the Lakers who are wounded, and they beat Phoenix last night convincingly, right? So how good is Phoenix? I think that's a real debatable question, especially come playoff time when people can play their pick and roll a unique, different way, which the Lakers did last night. So where do they go? You know, where are they going? And can the Lakers actually beat the Warriors and Steph Curry in, in, in the 7-8 seed? You think that can happen? All right, let's set this up. You just mentioned a great win in Anthony Davis, 42-12-5. So back, and he said play, trying to get out of the play-in was fun for him. But that's where they sit right now. 7-8-9-10, the play-in range in the West. The Lakers are seven, Michael. They're a game behind Portland with four to play. Remember, Portland owns the tiebreak. We saw that game on Saturday night, I believe. So that uh, they control their own destiny, if you want to put it that way. New Orleans beat uh, Charlotte last night. No, no. Who did New Orleans beat somebody last night? Yeah, they beat Charlotte in Charlotte, 112-110. So now they're a game and a half back of the 10 seed, which is San Antonio, the last team into the postseason as far as the play-in. But San Antonio has a very tough five-game stretch. So New Orleans is still in the mix. Yeah, barely. They're on life support, barely. right? That's two games, you know, and same same with the Kings. I mean, they're both on life. I mean, the Spurs would just have to collapse, which is, you know, the Spurs are actually a better road team than they are a home team. So, you know, I do think if the Lakers, if they're healthy and the way Davis played last night, it doesn't matter where they're seated, right? I mean, they totally. could go, you know, they beat Phoenix, you know, last night. And you got to be wondering how good is Phoenix. It made me pause on Phoenix a little bit. That's interesting. I think that's a good way of putting it. I, it's, you know, just having Davis and LeBron healthy, they don't care where they are as long as no, they have those the, two. Same with the Nets. I think the Nets don't care where they are. I think the Nets would rather, you know, they're not, they're not obsessed with being the one seed. Whereas if you talk to anybody in or around the 76ers, they know they need the one seed. They know they need that to really help them and see if they can con- contend. And obviously, I think everybody would like Miami to stay away from them because Miami is a dangerous team. They're really well coached. They play hard. You've got to beat them. They're not going to lose the game. 100%. And so Washington right now, Michael, Washington and in Indiana are set to play each other in the 9-10 in the East, okay? Unless something happened with Charlotte. Charlotte's only a game up at 8. And Chicago right now, Chicago's what? Two and a half games back. They're not going to get there. So tonight you've got Washington and Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta's laying eight points tonight, which is a big number because Washington, they kind of still need these games. And Indiana's in Cleveland. Indiana's laying eight and a half on the road. But Washington and Indiana both playing for something here. Yeah. What is Indiana playing for? There's so much conflict within their staff, within their players. Oh, yeah. That coach is gone. Their head coach apparently has issues relating with people, Michael. It it appears he's gone after the year. Yeah, do you really want to continue the season? I mean, there's, there doesn't seem to be a sense of where they think this could go. I mean, you know, they play Philly, I think, Thursday, Tuesday night. So it's going to be challenging for that there, too. I, I don't have any confidence that Indiana is going to go in with the right mindset to go in there and win, you know, even though they are healthier now than they've been in a while. The teams that need wins. Let's go ahead and let's throw up the number tonight for New Orleans and Memphis. New Orleans, you have to win out, essentially, is where they are. So we'll start there. The Pelicans are at Memphis tonight. Obviously, Zion's out. Ingram's been out. So they're just kind of limping along. And you see the Grizzly nine. That's a big number there. 
Yeah, and look, Memphis actually has a losing record at home, which is surprising for a team that's going to the playoffs, right? You know, when they are home favorites and they do show some profitability in terms of when they are home favorites, Patrick, they are 10-8 and eight straight up and 9-8-1 and one against the spread. So there's a little margin there. You've got to believe against a depleted Pelicans roster, which five of their eight starters in Philadelphia didn't participate, you got to think that they're going to be able to win this game easily. But this is the NBA, and I don't think there's anything that you can assume on a straight line. You know, it'd be very interesting to see Pelicans. Looks like they're going to be on the outside looking in as far as the postseason. What happens with Stan Van Gundy is going to be fascinating because it's a one-year yeah. situation, and they just have. You mentioned their defensive deficiencies, but also just no rhythm on offense. Even though they score a ton, it's just something's a little off with the chemistry there. Yeah, I don't know if there's a there, there's kind of that's. I think you, the right word is chemistry. What is their chemistry? It doesn't look good there at all. And you have to concern yourself with that. You know, I was told today they think he's safe because of of how much money it would cost to get him out after one year. I mean, like Luke Walton out in Sacramento, he's got two more years left. It's it's six million a year. That's twelve million. They think he's going to make it through. Everyone says Indiana will definitely open up. There's Portland could open up as well. So there's a lot of these jobs that are kind of up in the air. What's actually going to happen? And I think a lot of what happens down the stretch is going to determine that. Yeah, the money situation's interesting. That makes that's that's interesting because if you think about New Orleans, now when you're in New Orleans, you feel like you're in another planet, but it's by far right. the smallest city in the NBA. I mean, it's it's right. unreasonably you can't believe how small it is, but when you're there, it's a party, so it feels bigger, right? Right, and I think because we feel like we're through COVID and we've actually gotten on the other side of it a little bit, where 73,000 fans are watching a boxing match in Dallas, right. the profits and the and the ability of these owners to make money this year hasn't been there. And then with the TV ratings, look, when the TV ratings are as low as they've been, that doesn't mean, oh, TV, you're, you're on your own. You've got to give money back to the televisions. They're guaranteed a certain rating. They're guaranteed a certain you've, – they've paid for a certain number. And when that number doesn't translate itself, you've got to then add more time. And so it takes some of the profits away. So for me, looking at this, unless it's really like an Indiana situation where you have no alternative but to fire the coach, I don't know if you can just go in there and spend all this money to fire a coach when there hasn't been a, when your bottom line's getting impacted. And of course, the Pelicans owned by the Bensons. Uh, Mr. Benson passed away, but Mrs. Benson continues. And you know the name because of the Saints. Are they thought of as a good ownership group? You know, I, when Mr. Benson early on, you know, a lot of these owners, it's interesting, Patrick, how the NFL has dramatically changed and made some of these owners not just wealthy, but incredibly wealthy. I mean, you know, there was always a time when the league was very fiscally responsible. Back when I first started, DeBarlo was very generous, but there was a lot of teams that weren't that way. Now they're making so much money in the NFL that, you know, we see owners buying yachts. We see them buying houses in the Hampton. I mean, it's just really a very profitable industry to own a team in right now and I think that changes the mindset of how the owner spends money okay the other one on the board here as far as needing to win first off Milwaukee I don't know where you are on the Bucks. they can't lose right now it, you know they're starting to holiday the, the defense is just getting better and better uh, I mentioned they can't lose they're in San Antonio tonight San Antonio kind of needs this Michael and, and the Bucks are laying six and a half actually I got a couple that are telling me it's seven right now, up to seven. We got a six and a half number here. This is interesting because the Spurs need it, as we mentioned. You know, I mean, the Bucks in, in each of the last three games comfortably cleared the 234 mark on the over. Comfortably in each of the last. The number's 233 and a half. Right. You know, 
And, and, and in those games, their opponents in those games ranked in the bottom 10 of the league in terms of defensive rating over the last 10 contests. And the Spurs are 23rd in that area. So, you know, you got to believe they're going to get their points, right? And, and the Bucks have a way of giving away points because they give up so many turnovers. They give away points. They rank 28th in the NBA. So I think it's going to be a quick tempo game. I like the over. I think anything over 234.5 in this game might be the right play. Yeah, I think you're right. And when I mentioned they've been playing better defense, for some reason I've been stuck on those two games in early May against Brooklyn where they held Brooklyn to 118 and 114 respectively. Now, again, Brooklyn was banged up, but over the last two, I mean, Milwaukee gave up in a win, 133 to Houston, 134 to Washington in a win. So over the last two, the defense hasn't been on par, Uh, but they held Chicago to 98. They held Brooklyn to low 100s for them. That's, you know, that's that's the most effective offensive team as far as efficiency in the NBA. So, Again, now looking forward, it's almost like we've completely slept on the Bucs this year. The Bucs and Giannis were the story last year. Giannis has better numbers this year or similar numbers this year. He's not even in the MVP conversation. That last year was the second of a back-to-back. Yeah, no, I mean, look, they almost, I think Philly and Brooklyn have stolen the thunder from him, even though they're a better team this year, Milwaukee, than they were last year when you add Drew Holiday into the mix. Holiday's defense is so key. Yeah, I you know, look, they're gonna if they have to play Miami or one of those tougher teams, look, I think there's a lot of pressure on Milwaukee that we're gonna feel it once the playoff starts. It's that that giant, you know, burden on their backs. Can they get through it? Because you know Coach Bud's gotta be thinking, if I don't win, if I don't get to the conference final, I'm losing my job. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I was going to ask you what you thought the uh, line of demarcation was as far as getting past what round. Uh, I think he's got to at least get to the conference final and or else there's going to be how does he come back? How do they bring him back? I think that's the real issue. That's where the jobs would be open and I think that you know certainly we'll look at same thing in Portland as much as you know Terry Stout's a really good coach, you know maybe they just need a different voice. I think sometimes in the NBA the front offices tend to believe that I can't change the roster so let me change the voice. Right. And I think that's why we see so many so many changes. And finally, Houston, Portland needs to keep winning to stay out of the play-in. Houston's in Portland tonight. Go ahead and guess the number before we throw it up there. Houston, Houston I would say Houston, 14 and a half dogs. You, you nailed it. It's 15, 14 and a half at a couple of books. Look at Mr. Basketball. Uh, 15, we'll, we'll officially I mean, move over, 15. Vinny. I'm coming in. Move over, Vinny. I'm coming in. I, I need a spot the book out there. Now, huh? I mean, it's, <laughs> That's the only place you make money. It's the only place you make money. I mean, seriously, you make all that money there. And I... <laughs> You got, you got once many a month, hats once on a month they'd have to, Once a month, they'd have to give me a, a Michael's meal. Other than that, I'd be fine. Go I said ahead, many hats. You also have stirrups on because you're Mr. Baseball, yeah. so there's a lot going yeah, on Yeah, right. There. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. But MGM's go. got some specials. By the way, we should uh, mention, you love the Colts yesterday. They're essentially even money, even money in division. Uh, they do sign a left tackle in Eric Fisher. Don't know what that means, yeah, we knew that. but again, number one well, overall I mean, we, pick injured. We, we, knew they, we knew they were going to do that because they, they didn't draft any offensive linemen, and they, need, they needed a couple. They knew they could get Fisher done to a contract. You know, Chris Ballard, the general manager, was in, was in Kansas City with Fisher, so he's got a relationship. It gives them a stopgap guy. Instead of trying to do what the 
Bears might have done with Tevin Jenkins and draft him in the second round and play him right away. This gives them an opportunity to kind of bridge the gap before they get to their legitimate left tackle, and hopefully Fisher can stay healthy. He's not a great left tackle, but he's certainly adequate enough for them to fill in for Costanza. Yeah, absolutely. He killed the Chiefs not having him uh, in the Super Bowl, obviously. They, They were turnstiles. When we come back, we've got some interesting specials in the NFL lined up at BetMGM. We're going to go through those. Also, it's a Monday. Will Hill's going to join. Thomas Gable's going to join. Josh Applebaum's going to stop by. A big show coming up here. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Everything you need at BetMGM Sports Nevada, premier sports betting app. That's where you can find boosted odd specials, in-game betting, and so much more. Bring your state-issued ID to anywhere on the strip that's a BetMGM property, and you're ready to go within minutes. Got to be 21 years or older, physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line. Somebody tweeted, I think you'll you'll laugh at this. Uh, they said it was bad hay for Medina Spirit, who obviously Bob Baffert has been banned, the trainer of the Kentucky Derby winner, the record-breaking trainer. He won six. Now, is it going to stand? We shall find out. More tests to be done. But somebody tweeted you, uh, it was bad hay. There was rumor- must have been in the hay. Yeah, it must, it have, must been have been in the, in the hay. hay. It must have been. And, you know, sometimes <laughs> sometimes they flavor that hay, and you know if they flavor it wrong, mm. and then they you know the, it goes into the. You know, you got to be careful. You know, too much salt, too much pepper, too much whatever they put in it. You got to got to be careful. You know. <laughs> yes, you do. That is a hundred percent right. What we do know right now. The it's under investigation. Yeah, it's in right? serious jeopardy because they're going to continue with the investigation. We haven't had a post-race suspension of a Kentucky Derby horse since I believe '68. So, wow. and then now, what happens this Saturday at Pimlico? So, what the Baffert camp has done is they've put an injunction. Do you know what an injunction is? Where essentially they get out in front of it. They said, hey, Maryland and the racehorse scene uh, conglomerate there, you can't do anything to us because we've already put an injunction in that says we can race in the Preakness. It's a very convoluted practice. It'll be the dominating story all week. It's, and that's it'll it. continue to be in, at, at, the, at the racetrack, at the Preakness. You know, so, I mean, look, I, I don't, I read a little bit about what the, the drug that was in there it was for, I guess, swelling of the joints. And it seems like it's a good drug to help horses who put a lot of pressure on their bodies. But obviously, there's certain levels that they shouldn't go to, which could, it doesn't sound like it, it was an enhancement drug, which would have made the horse run better. But maybe the horse, because of ease of motion and without restrictions of, the, of pain, made the horse actually run better. Yep, it's used to treat pain and inflammation. It's legal. Now, here's the deal. It's legal to use on horses, but it has to be clean 14 days prior to the actual race. And so the post-race blood results revealed that he had uh, 
a double in his system, whatever the, the whatever it's called, which is a convoluted name as well. I it, it'll be fascinating to see what happens. Obviously, if he's disqualified, two million dollars and everything to the owners is out. Uh, but you you mentioned this would be the story. Think about this in a a sport that just ironically needs attention. This will give it more attention than they've received in a decade. And, and, and the problem is it's negative attention, and it's the concern you have as a better that we have is who's messing with the formulas, you know, and who's, you know, it's a little bit of the concern us as betters in betting network and trying to give advice out to help people make some money and help their portfolio as it goes forward is the NBA is we've lost that integrity that everything matters. And when you lose that in horse racing, you know, do you feel comfortable that something's not going to, some mixologist isn't going to come in, and you have to be sturgent with those rules. And I think that's where Adam Silver has really dropped the ball in the NBA, is because you know when the Magic are down 50 points to the to Minnesota Timberwolves. That's right, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like, do you really have integrity of your game? And us as betters, you could say, well, it makes it easier to bet. No, it doesn't, because we don't know what the, who's going to show up when they're going to show up. You know, and I think that's really what you lose, and that's what Silver's going to have to try to get back, uh, especially next season. It does It does feel, first off, you know, $156 million were bet into the paramutual wagering in the pool for the Kentucky Derby. So this is, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot on the line here, you know, for yeah. something oh, like yeah. this. I mean, how about $156 million. How about, how does it affect stud fees, you know, down yeah, the road? Huge. You know, I mean, the horses are conglomerates when they win like this. They become, you know, they become money makers. And, uh, you know, what does this do to a horse that was paid $1,000 and it went to a $35,000 race? And now all of a sudden, because it has a little bit of too much of something in the hay, it's in trouble. <laughs> and I think you're a, an animal person like I. What sucks about this is maybe it's suggestive, but all of a sudden the horse, people kind of are down on the horse. The horse is literally yeah, it's not just the horse's like, fault. What? It ain't his fault. Horse is over here like, yo, this yeah, is like, a weird I just practice. give me the hay. Yeah, this is give me the hay. You know, it's like <laughs> you you put it in there. I didn't put it in there. It's on it's you. It ain't on me. A little horse that could too. A little horse, thousand yeah. dollars as a yearling, ten thousand dollars as a two-year-old, and now embroiled in obviously the controversy. Should be able to race at Pimlico. More details to come. Thomas Gable's going to join us next here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the sports betting network. Today or any day, you can find all of the shows. They're podcasted over at vcin.com slash podcast. Follow the money. Uh, a numbers game. Lombardi line. They're all there. Also, while you're there, check out Gil Alexander's Beating the Book Pod, Josh Applebaum's Market Insights. Get PGA Tour betting previews on long shots. Ron Flatter Racing Pod, which is hot in the streets right now. Check it out. Go to vcin.com slash podcast. Hot in the streets is Thomas Gable, who's hanging out at the Borgata. 
He joins Michael Lombardi and myself here on the Lombardi line as we welcome you back on a Monday. TG, how was Sunday at the race and sports book there at the Borgata? Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. It, was a, it was a good day yesterday. It was a, it was a pretty good day. We uh, did very well on Major League Baseball yesterday. That carried the day for us. So uh, it was actually overall a very good weekend here. Oh, that's nice. What do you Thomas, what do you anticipate uh, for the 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 betting on the these these play-in games? I mean, do you think it'll be as heavy as it would be for the regular postseason? Uh, I, I think it would probably be comparable to uh, to the postseason games. I, I mean, they're going to be uh, standalone games, so I, that certainly gives them the edge in, in terms of attracting handle. So I, it'll be interesting to see, but I would certainly assume going into it, it'll be very comparable to what a uh, normal postseason game would, would entail. Well, teams are jockeying for position, uh, Mr. Gable. Let's talk about some of the numbers tonight. The Wiz, who are sitting there, what, 9-10, right there in the, uh, along with Indiana, who they beat yesterday. The Wiz are at the Hawks tonight, and the Hawks are laying a pretty big price here. Yeah, Hawks laying eight. Uh, this has actually gone as high as eight and a half, uh, where we opened it at seven and a half. Uh, total is currently 236 and a half here. Big news here, of course, for the Wizards. Bradley Beal will miss the next two games uh, after being diagnosed with the left hamstring strain, uh, which both of those games happen to be against the Hawks here. Uh, Atlanta comes off three days of rest, which is a little bit rare in the NBA these days. But uh, it's Washington that comes in here really hot. They're 15-4 and four in their last 19. And during that stretch, they ranked in the top five for offense and shockingly top ten in defense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's really shocking for them. Uh, Atlanta hasn't lost at home, though, since April 15th, and they've won seven straight at home. DeAndre Hunter is questionable for Atlanta, could return here. Uh, but big spot here for both teams. Washington's played really hard to get into the position they're in now. Um, but let's take a look real fast. Interesting for the Southeast Division. Uh, Atlanta is currently 37 and 31, tied with Miami in the Southeast Division. But if you look at their odds to win the division, Atlanta is currently a $5 favorite. You have to lay $5. Miami is plus 350. And you say, well, why, why is that? Why is there such a disparity there? Look at Miami's schedule coming up, who they're left with. They have Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, and Detroit. Atlanta has the two here with Washington and then Orlando and Houston. So much easier time for Atlanta to win that division. Yeah, do you like the the over here to me? I mean, a few months ago, this could have been as high as 245, 248, the over, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I'm just thinking to me at this number, it seems like a really good value because both teams can shoot. I know Beal not being in the game will certainly affect it, but, you know, you got to believe that both teams offensively uh, will take advantage of the bad defense and put some points on the board. I, I think the over is, is, a, is a good play here, at least the 236, if that's what, where are we on the over? I think 230. 235 and a half, and a half. Right? Yeah, yeah, we have 236 like and a half here. That's great information, TG. With the Bucks and Spurs, so similarly with the schedules, I think the Spurs schedule gets very tough, and it starts tonight with Milwaukee in town. Michael mentioned very astutely the Spurs have actually been better on the road this year, but they need to keep winning because yep. New Orleans is going to try to chase them down there at 10. Yeah, exactly. Um, right now, I, I think this is a much bigger game here for the Spurs, uh, who are getting six and a half here. Um, 
at Borgata. Uh, total is 233 and a half in this one. But bigger game for the Spurs, who are, they're clinging to that 10 seed in the West, which is the final spot for the play-in tournament. They're a game and a half up on New Orleans, but the Spurs are not really trending in the right direction. They've lost six of seven. And we've talked a lot about the seeding in the East and how it doesn't really matter to some teams and the Bucks being included in that mix. They're a half game behind Brooklyn for the two seed, comfortably ahead of the four seed Knicks. So um, I, I do kind of like uh, the Bucks here uh, in this game. I could see this probably moving. It, it's actually come a little bit um, down from the opener of seven and a half. Uh, if Six and a half, I'd probably take look at taking the Bucks here. I, I think that's a good play. I mean, because the Spurs haven't demonstrated uh, that they're really playing well. It's like you say, six of the last seven they've lost. Plus, they're not a good home team. For some reason, they're not a good home team. And that, to me, as we mentioned earlier, Patrick, in the opening block, I think mm -hmm. the over's in play here. 100%. How about the last one here? You've got a number that hasn't moved at all. The Jazz are laying three on the road in San Francisco. I was about to say Oakland, but the Warriors' new crib there. <laughs> yeah, uh, the total has moved here a little bit. Jazz are still laying three. Total is down to 225 from the opener, 226 and a half. Uh, and it seems like everyone's salivating for this potential Warriors-Lakers play-in game, but still a few games left here to see how everything shakes out. Jazz come in here. They've won six of their last seven, while Golden State has won four of their last five. Of course, Steph Curry is coming off that 49-point performance on Saturday against OKC. It should be a really good one tonight with Curry being on the tear that he's on and the Jazz playing so well and looking to really lock in that uh, that one seed. Uh, higher total here, but the last six times these teams have played each other, it's gone over. Wow. Yeah. You see a yeah. big total, 225 and a half. I, I tell you what, if I'm the Lakers, I don't want to play the Warriors in that play. You know, I know you need to be healthy and all that, and they're tough to beat, but you know, Steph Curry in a game, I mean, you just can't, you can't predict what could Well, he's chasing that scoring happen. title, too. My, no, yeah. Thomas just mentioned that Beal's out for two. Beal had 50 the other night. They're both chasing the scoring title. That works for props, by the way. If you know somebody's chasing down a scoring title like Steph Curry, you can go, and obviously it's baked into the number as far as scoring props night to night, but something to look at. TG, I was thinking about you driving in, because guess what? It's beach house season coming up. Have you opened up the pool yet? <laughs> Still being dug there, Patrick. <laughs> I understand. We gotta lay, we gotta put the liner in. Hey, it takes a long time go. to have a marble pool laid. Uh, Thomas Gable, <laughs> director of race and sportsbook uh, over at the Borgata. Thank you, buddy. Have a great day. Thanks, TG. Thank you, TG. All right, thank you, guys. Have a good one, <laughs> Thomas Gable. TG, uh, when I when we come back, we've got our buddy Will Hill, who's been killing it. But then I want to ask you about San Francisco and Oakland. There's a couple questions I have because you lived up there for a long time. We continue. It's the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the sports betting network.
the sports betting excitement tonight. Simple. The Bucks or Spurs, they're playing a basketball game. If either team hits a three, you're going to win $100 over at BetMGM. It's a new customer offer. You see it there. Bet a dollar to win $100. Bucks, Spurs. Sign up using the bonus code VSIN100. It's all you got to do. You got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text Redline 800-889-9789. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We welcome you back here on the Lombardi Line. I hope you had a nice Mother's. Did you have a nice Mother's Day, Michael? How'd the, how'd the brunch go with the, with the crew? We, we did good. Yeah, we did good. We had a good brunch, good dinner. Everything was good. It was all perfect, you know? Good I mean, to hear it. Was, you know, you don't have your kids around, but other than that, it was great. You know, we enjoyed it. The Berman family, happy birthday, Bill. Happy worked birthday, hard. Bill. He did an amazing job, you know, so it was all good. William Hill's been killing it on the show lately, and he joins us, Point Spread Weekly contributor. Uh, apparently, as Ann says, is being held hostage today. It's a bit of a drab white wall behind him. Where are you, William? Um, in we're transitioning this into like kind of an office. Usually I do it from downstairs. I lost service yesterday. The, the service can be a little bit shaky downstairs. A lot of people said that was the favorite part of my segment is when I cut out. So I don't know if I'm that popular on the show, but I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We're transitioning. You know, it's, uh, we're, we're, we're working on it. I'm, I'm in a good mood though. When anytime I was listening to the show, I heard Thomas Gable said they had a good day yesterday. That makes me so happy. Anytime I know. The aren't you? Yeah. yeah you Thank get, God. You, I was just yes. so worried. I was about to send a check. So thank God we can keep the lights on for a few more days. This is, this is great. Anytime and, they win, it's and, so good. And, and you were three and one yesterday on the show as well so you continue your hot streak yeah nola nola spoiled my perfect day i think uh you know it, it started to cut out as i was talking about the phillies maybe that was a sign i should have stayed away he got yeah. bombed last night that was, that was surprising I, you know he's he's a little bit hot and cold he's really good he's more good than bad but that was a bad performance yesterday he didn't even make it out of the, did he make it out of the first inning will i mean he was getting shellacked early right yeah, I think third or fourth, maybe the fourth or fifth inning they pitched yeah. in for him. They were down five to one, and that was it. It was a quick night for him. Yep, 100%. Let's get to it. Let's start with the basketball, actually, then we'll transition a little bit here. Uh, we'll start. We've got four games in the regular season before the play-in starts, and one of those teams uh, that is pointed towards the play-in is the Washington Wizards. You like them tonight at Atlanta. Atlanta's laying as much as eight. Yeah, I've watched way too much of the Wizards this this year. They've actually played unbelievable lately. Now, it depends when and where you bet it, but something over the last 18 games, there's something like 15-1-2, 15-2-1, something like that, depending, again, on what number you get. And I know this that Beal is out, but to me, that's an overreaction. They've played well. Russ has played well. He's not my favorite player, but... Um, they're highly motivated. They really want to stay in that 7-8 scenario where they don't have to play the double play. And so I think they'll play hard tonight. Eight is a lot of points for me. I think, you know, this last week of the year, week of the year, you really got to be careful. You don't want to bet on any of these dead teams, but you don't want to be laying big spreads either. Hawks should be motivated, but to me, it, it's just a few too many points against the Wizards team that's played really well. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. You know, it, although without Beal, it worries me. I like the over more than I like anything. I think both teams, I think Trey Young will score, and I think the, the, the Wizards will score. I think with Beal out, that's the only concern I have about the over. They've actually, great point by you. And, Will, I believe you have a futures play on the Wiz. Maybe that's why you're focused so intently on them. But they've actually been playing very good. De I don't know how the defense turned around. And you mentioned their ATS streak over the last 20 has been insane. I had I played them over 28 and a half the minute they traded for Westbrooks. Then I bought back under 33 and a half 
right right at close and the under three if you had over 33 and a half i had the under i, I looked for a middle but that under three 33 and a half that was deader than elvis i mean they were 15 games under 500 there was no <laughs> shot they were winning and they're gonna they need two more two more and they go over some of these are, are really bad beats i don't know if you guys saw this with uh OKC, they closed, I think, 22 and a half wins was their season win total. They had 20 at the end of March. All they needed was three and 22, the last 25. And they're not going to get there. And you can't hedge because they're 15-point underdogs every night. It's, yeah, boy, I mean, at least they're crazy. trying hard. I mean, yeah, they've completely no, yeah, parked right. the bus <laughs> in yeah, soccer exactly. to parlay. It's a park. I mean, the bus. It, I got it. I mean, literally, the three of us could go in their locker room and we could get on the court for them. I mean, literally, we could like break into their locker room and you could they could say, "Oh, you three guys ready to play today? You go out there and play." They don't care. They don't care. It's unbelievable. I got a call from a strange number last night. I, it might have been OKC calling looking for a six man. <laughs> Just, don't, you don't even need to have a physical. You don't, they won't even no. need to give you a physical. Just go out there. If you collapse, that's even the better. We'll play with four. Who, <laughs> who knew William Hill had jokes on a Monday? My gosh, that's like uh, 10 in yeah. a row. Let's keep it going, uh, Will. Rams, you like the over team total. You like the over wins set at 10. Yeah, I had jokes. Now I have a confession, Patrick. I, I never really had a thing for the Lions. I had a thing for Stafford. Me too. I was kind of a Stafford fan, a Stafford apologist. You could say the playoff record, the winning record. He actually should have won a couple, at least one of those playoff games. I'm sure you remember against the Cowboys. I think it was in 2014. Uh, yes. Bad pass, a pass interference. They, they throw the flag, they pick it up. And then I think Caldwell punted from like fourth and one at the 50. I don't know if you watch this game, Lombardi, because you were in the playoffs with the Patriots. I don't, do you watch every game when you're in the playoffs and it's out of conference? Usually I, I, I don't do, know yeah. how that works. Okay. Yeah, they no, you watch them on tape, yeah. Yeah, but uh, just, to, just to keep this one simple and quick, I got a coach, I got a quarterback, I got a defense. I like the over here. You got the Giants on the schedule, uh, the Jags, uh, the AFC South, so you got the Texans, you know, the Colts and Titans are, aren't, aren't crazy hard games. So I, I, I like the coach, I like the quarterback. I think Stafford's really going to thrive in this system, so I will go over here. I like it too. The only concern I have is is their depth and their health. That would be the only thing. You know, I think the way we should always work these over and under numbers is give me five reasons why you think they go over. And clearly you make a strong case. Coach, quarterback, really good running back, defense, shutdown corner, great defensive lineman. Okay, there's five. Tell me why it won't happen. Well, because they get injured, because a couple they have a couple injuries to critical spots. Whitworth can't play left tackle. Is it note bloom? I don't think so. You know, what's going to happen if they lose Cam Akers? Where's their backup runner? And then what happens if they lose one of their premier defensive players, whether it's Darnold Don, Don, or whether it's Ramsey? Then what happens? So there's a lot of what, there's more what ifs on the underside than it is on the overside. Yeah, not that I remember, but it was 2015, a legit team. They're beating the Cowboys. Brandon Pettigrew, I think it was Anthony Hitchens, the linebacker. The refs picked up the flag after the game. The ref said, yeah, we botched it. And that was the yeah, reason. Yeah, we botched it. And that was the reason. Well, that, that that really always helps you pay your kids' college tuition when they say that, too. Thank you. Know, you. Yeah, you know, we messed that up. Yes. Thank you very yep. much. Oh, there's a year of Fordham down the drain. Thank you very much. Uh, but I agree. Uh, Stafford. I, I'm a Stafford stan. I mean, I love the guy. Uh, he's tough as nails, and I think he's going to be very good in that offense. Okay. That, that was what? That was the, the 14th season, and that was so that was January of 15, right? Because I'm pretty sure that was the year you guys won the Super Bowl, Lombardi, right? That was the yep, 14th it was, season yep. into 15. It, it was. Into 15. Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. Now. And then in 17, he, he they you know they were nine and three. They lost their last few games because he had a broken finger. He played badly in the playoff game, but he had a broken hand. Uh, one of those Saints games, they gave him 50 on defense. So you could look at him and say he's never won a playoff game, but I mean, look at the circumstances. All also, Michael, but, but, but look, yeah. I, I mean, Jim Caldwell was the winningest coach they've had there and they couldn't, they got rid of him. I mean, <laughs> you know, 
Seriously, I mean, Caldwell, for, for all the things that you, you know, he punted, which obviously you go right in Will Hill's Oof. doghouse. As soon as you Oof. send the punter on the field, wh wherever he is on the field, you're in Will's doghouse when the punter comes out. Cause, uh, it, but, but still, I think Caldwell did a really good job. I thought he was excellent for them. Based on the background. I oh, sorry. I forgive Caldwell because they, they, I had the lines that day they covered. They didn't win, but they covered. Sorry, Patrick. I was going to say, based on the background, it looks like Will Hill's in the doghouse today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Hey, but you, he, you're right. Caldwell, it's almost like you don't know what you got till it's gone. I mean, we couldn't wait to get rid of him when he's winning 10 games. Oh, my goodness. Lions fan will take yeah. that. Uh, San Diego, Colorado, you're going to go team total over the five and a half in Colorado with San Diego, Will. Yeah, they'll bomb Sent Jose. I don't know how to say his name. Lombardi, Nailed can you it. say his name? Sent yeah, is that, no, I don't right, even right? try. Yeah, I would look to play the Padres here, lay the 175, maybe lay the one and a half, but I don't trust Lamette. He's coming off. It was really a scare. They thought a lot of people thought he was headed for Tommy John surgery. He had a little forearm injury. Came back last week, only pitched two innings. So I don't know how effective he's gonna be. He didn't strike anyone out last time. Uh, when he's on, when he's healthy, he's really good. I just don't know how healthy he is. He only pitched two innings, so you're not getting any terms of uh, any any length out of him today. But I think the Padres should be able to score eight or nine runs here in this ballpark uh, with the um, you know the altitude and against a bad pitcher. I mean, his numbers are bad across the board in terms of ERA, FIP. He's uh, he's probably going to get rocked tonight. I'll go team total over five and a half. You know, I like it, and, and this is, I think it'll be about the 15th time this season this over total has been nine or a half or more when they play at Coors Field, and I, I, even though uh, they're in those past 15 games are five and ten to the over, you got to think that the hitting will come in this both these games with the Padres, so I'm with you, Will. I don't mean to be disrespectful to Jorge Lopez, but if he's throwing a baseball, Ooh. fade him, and he is yeah. tonight in Baltimore. Uh, I actually think you're getting a pretty good price with Boston here. Go ahead, Will. Yeah, this almost looks too easy. It almost you, you double check Scares see if you're me. missing anything, see if anyone's hurt. Absolutely. Red Sox are an elite offense for a team for teams, you know, in Major League Baseball, everyone strikes out a lot, swings and misses a lot. They put the ball on the bat. Really good offense. Uh, they should hit Lopez, like you said, tonight. Twenty six innings, nineteen runs, giving up, you know, seven or eight homers. So I look for the Red Sox here and, and I don't hate the over. I think the over might be in play too, although Perez well, has been pretty good for Boston. Well, look, I mean, Baltimore's hitting 274 against lefties this season, while Boston's at 263 against righties. So you got to feel like both teams are going to hit the ball really well. I just, honestly, I could tell you this, Will, it was like 6 a.m. I was just staring at that number, and I'm just like, what am I missing? What, like, that's one of those where you're afraid to bet it almost because you're just like, 138? That's a cheap price. 148, 155, somewhere in that range feels right with Lopez. Uh, but 138's a good price. We saw that a couple weeks ago. I think it was a couple Friday nights ago, Irvin versus the Orioles, whereas me, you, a few of us were like, what is going on yeah, with this? I remember and, the A's, and the A's ended up winning and winning comfortably. So sometimes, I mean, look, they're making lines for basketball, baseball, hockey. Sometimes you slip one past them and they make a line that's a little short. I mean, they're, they're good. They're not perfect. So maybe uh, maybe we're catching one here. Well, William breaks. Hill's like 20 games above 500 on the Lombardi. Yeah, he's doing line. it, knocking it out. Yep, he's killing it. Yep. At Keep it not, going, Will. At not the Will Hill on Twitter. And somebody send help. I think we're going to get him out of that room eventually. <laughs> I like with the kids' artwork in the background. Yeah. <laughs> it was too much artwork in the back, so we slid it over. We'll work on something for next time. It's a work in progress. Right. Thanks, Thanks Will. Will. You got a plug on the way out? Jason.com slash horses. The Preakness is coming up. Win some money oh, on the ponies. That's called the switch up, the beat drop. Thank you, William. Appreciate it. He had jokes today. We come back. Michael Lombardi, we continue a little football right here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM.